podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Okay. Hello, 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 pleasure seekers. So I am so excited about today's episode. We have a handful of women who went through the Better Sex in 90 Days program in this last round. So they were in the most recent cohort in September after the holidays, back fresh in the new year. And I'm so excited to talk to them just about their journey. So you all hear me on the podcast talk a lot about the process of bringing more pleasure into your life or just the really the many different layers and approaches we take to get to kind of the meat of what's holding us back from better sex. And now you get to hear from the women who have actually been through it, what is actually like doing that type of work over the 90 days and likely even beyond since we finished back in the beginning of December. And I think it's really helpful to hear from other voices and what their take on what it's like to begin this journey. And I really like to say begin this journey because oftentimes I think that we don't realize that this is just the beginning. It is really something when we're working on growth or improvement that there is, of course, a ton that's possible in a short amount of time, but we're not really aiming for a quick fix here. We think that we want that. That might get us into action. That might motivate us to sign up for the program or start the resolution or do whatever. But really what we're doing here is we're building a solid foundation of skills, of awareness, of practices that that you can come back to time and time again. It's the foundation to be a turned on woman. It's the foundation to create better sex right now, but also to go on and follow you through your life and all the different phases that you're going to. And I remember personally, like for my own journey, there were so many barriers. There was physical pain. There was fertility struggles. There was not really knowing how to communicate with my partner. There was expectations that I had about what sex was supposed to look like or how I was supposed to act as a turned on woman from society and how I, like the thoughts that I had about sex and what that impact had on me and what better sex kind of felt like or what I thought it was supposed to look like. And it felt so far away. I didn't even really know what I was aiming for or what I was going for or what that was like. And so having these type of conversations gives us an idea of what's possible or the type of you know growth that can be found in doing this type of work. I remember even seeing just like thinking, okay, better sex. Like I've seen Hollywood before. I've seen porn before. Does that mean I'm just going to be bouncing up and down like with lots of louder oohs and ahs? Like, what does that actually mean? And so you've heard me talk about how it's so nourishing, how it really changes our level of presence in our own bodies, our level of awareness, our safety, all of these sorts of things. But what does that even mean? Right. So having these conversations, I think is so helpful with other people for you to hear in their own words and from their experience, what this actually looks like in their life and the impact that it can have, not just in the bedroom, but beyond. So 
I'm super excited to talk with these women today, and I'm just so um, humbled and honored and grateful that they're here. And so what we're going to do is I'm just going to chat with each one kind of just about their own experience, why they came to the program, what they learned in being in the program, perhaps what surprised them and what they hope to continue to work on as they go out into the wild turned on world as a woman with these new skills. So Ruthie, let's go ahead and talk with you. So, you know, when you and I first chatted, I know that you had been searching for something and then you came across my podcast and you had told me like, I just devoured it and then I had to reach out. So tell, tell everybody listening a little bit about how you even came to this program and what your intentions were with it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It feels pretty surreal to be here. I found you through your podcast. And so to be doing this with you feels, it's really exciting. And in terms of how I came to the program, it was actually the episode called, I think, um, it's not them, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually pretty triggered by that episode because I had done a lot of thought work around some of the types of examples that you gave in that episode about, you know, thinking that it's your partner, why you're unhappy or why you're feeling any kind of way. And I had done a lot of thought work around the the quote unquote smaller things like the dishes, the trash, the what I would consider more petty. And, and those things didn't bother me anymore, but I felt like I'd reached a place where the things were um, more significant and and more deserving to cause me unhappiness. And that podcast episode introduced me to a whole nother level of personal responsibility and accountability that honestly, I was not sure if it was possible, but mm-hmm. I was definitely very curious about. I, at that point, I definitely felt like there was a limit or a line where when someone does X, you know, you're going to feel some kind of way about it. Yeah. And I love that. So like, tell them like, now that you have kind of this deeper level and this deeper understanding of what it means to have like personal responsibility and accountability, like, is that a huge drag? Because I think some women probably listening, they're like, you know, I'm responsible for all of these kind of things. And now I have to be responsible for this. Like, like, what does it feel like to have that, you know, responsibility? now with the way that you react or respond to your partner? It's freeing. It's freeing. And I remember there was some specific epiphanies along the way. And there was one point where I got something and it dawned on me that this is some Jedi level shit. Like this. <laughs> I remember you sharing that in the group, but I was like, you're right. I mean, we are straight up like Yodas of the Yoni here. <laughs> yeah. Some next level. They don't teach you this in school. Most people aren't aware of this or talk about this, but that is how powerful it is and how much it just frees you up to deciding how you want to feel and having a lot more autonomy over how you want to feel. And it's not that once you get it, at least for me, it's not perfect in every moment, like, okay, well, nothing ever bothers me anymore. But there's one, a lot more awareness around what is really causing the feelings, which is the thoughts. And then there's more and more space between the event and the thought and the feeling where I get to actually decide. And, and that's been extremely empowering and freeing for me. 
So awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So one of the questions that I had for you is, you know, I feel like your journey, like what you're talking about, it's like going deeper into that mindset work, but there was also a lot of work of just in general, creating safety in your body and how that was so important and such a, a crucial piece of your journey in particular in allowing that pleasure to come. Would you agree with that? Or do you want to talk on that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Safety was a, a big piece of it for me because I felt like before this relationship and even earlier on in this relationship that I was a turned on woman and I would have you know, called myself that. And I definitely felt that way. And that's probably a big part of what attracted me to my husband or attracted yeah, me to my husband and So a lot of this work was identifying the blocks that were creating the the disconnect from that turned on woman and then creating the safety to be able to access that. And And it took me going through this process to realize that that was the big block was not feeling safe. And which, you know, when I did get down to the thoughts that were that I was having, it wasn't a surprise that I was feeling unsafe, you know, if I'm telling myself X, Y, Z about my partner. And so that was definitely a big part of the journey. And I think it's like, we can't really see that, right? Because for most of us women, it's not like I would go in and be like, I'm unsafe in my marriage, right? Or I'm unsafe, like as this type of a woman. And I love how you explain it because it's not like, this is something we're even conscious of. We just kind of dive into it and we realize it's like that visceral feeling that like makes our body kind of go, or like, yeah, I know you said that it's okay to say no, but like, that doesn't feel okay. Like That doesn't feel right. And then we realize like, this is actually part of the work is like, how do we create that container where we feel so safe to say whatever it is that we want to say or act however it is that we want to act, not just within our own bodies, but within our relationship in completion, right? Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I realized how much responsibility I had been taking for my partner's reactions, um, which I think was my way of, of trying to feel safe, trying to manage what I think they would do, what I think they would say and and do things according to that. But kind of um, paradoxically, I was creating a, 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 unsafety for myself and focusing so much more on their reaction, what they were thinking and feeling. And so really big part of creating that safety for me was allowing them to have whatever reaction they were going to have. And instead focusing on how can I, um, care for myself with love and compassion, um, no matter what comes up and, and really, uh, deepen that sense of, of self-love, which sounds so cheesy, but my self-love really did deepen going through this process, my compassion, um, how I talk to myself and, and really kind of mothering and nurturing myself, not just in sexual situations, but every situation. Yeah. I love that you say, yeah, it's like that deepening of self-love and it does sound cheesy. It's like this word we see all the time and it's like written on wooden signs, you know, at like home goods or whatever. It's like, oh, like the self-love. So when you say self-love, just because I think everybody hears that term and it's like an eye roll. Okay. Just love myself more. But like, what does that actually look like? Like for you, if you were to describe it, of not just like a word, but like, what does self-love 
look like in your life now that it didn't look like before? Yeah. Um, there was a distinct moment that I'll never forget because I was in the Safeway. I was pushing the grocery cart and I just had an, an argument with my husband and kind of processing it afterwards. And I noticed throughout the, the 90 days that the relationship and the conversations that I had with myself really changed like noticeably. I was saying things to myself in real time, like not um, having to think about it. So at first I would have to say, okay, this is what you do. You put your hand on your heart. I've got you, baby girl. I had to think about it. But there came a point in a specific day where I was in the grocery store where I was it was my default to comfort myself. And it was my default to be there for myself. And I remember I had this thought like, oh, this is what loving yourself means. And and I was like laughing at myself. I went from crying to like laughing in the grocery store. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is where it felt like I could see there was like me, the one in pain, like that part of myself who was beating myself up and feeling afraid. And then there was me that was the mom who was comforting and nurturing and and it was so automatic. Like that was the mm-hmm. part that really shocked me that I, it was so automatic. And ever since then, it's just really continued down that trajectory of where, even especially in those moments where I am like triggered in that time or even traumatized in that moment where that nurturing, caring side of me comes out as a default. And that's just, that's been huge. <laughs> yeah, that is so huge. Like I'm trying not to get emotional about that (laughs) listening to you right now, because when it all of a sudden, like you said, when it goes from that, I'm just doing this thing. I'm doing like what Danielle told me. I'm putting my hand on my heart. It's okay, baby girl. And then it switches and you feel it. Like you explained it so beautifully right there, that illustration of like what it actually feels like. And it's like, oh, this is my default now. Like this is the person I get to live with in my body now. Like what, like the impact of what that's going to have on all of it, right? Like you said, it's not just in a relationship or with sex, but for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about the sex at all or not at all. Talk about the sex. Like how did, you know, the, you know, the type of practices that we did, you know, not just the thought work that helped you get there. Cause I think a lot of the, like you said, a lot of the work for you was creating this container of safety so that pleasure could show itself, you know, it was kind of removing things rather than inserting something. But when you started to notice some of these, you know, thoughts or resistances or, you know, resentments themselves. How did that show up with your actual physical relationship? Yeah. One of the epiphanies that I had in the 90 days, again, I remember the, the very specific moment was noticing how many times or how as a default, I would actually leave my body when I didn't feel safe in a situation. And there, you know, there's, I used to catch myself coming back into my body afterwards, but it was the first time for me actually notice the actual feeling of leaving my body before or during sex. And and the first time it happened, it was heartbreaking 
like that feeling of saying bye to myself. I was like, oh my God, how much do I do this? And so that day when it happened and when I caught it in real time, I said, okay, this time I'm going to stay. <laughs> I'm going to stay. It's <laughs> so good. I'm going anywhere. I've got you. I'm here with you. And that specific time when I stayed, I realized that I couldn't go through with it. And I ended up saying no and and um, turning it down, which was hard for me before to just to say no. Um, but when I didn't dissociate from my body, it wasn't an option for me anymore to put myself through something I didn't want to do. And so that was the first time. And then mm. when that, the more that that became a practice, the more that I found that pleasure was accessible to me in moments where I previously had thought that it wasn't because of an argument that we had had or a way that I was feeling, I, I discovered that there were times where even though there was all this stuff swirling up in my head, I could choose to be in my body and find that there was fun or pleasure available in that moment you know, with whatever else happening on in the back burner and just to be fully present and enjoying it. And that was also a surprise. That's so awesome. I love that you explained that. Cause I think that sometimes when people hear that we're doing this work, it's like, oh, you're saying, so everything has to be like perfect out here for us to have this like great, fun, playful, like pleasurable sex session. Right. And it's like, you know, what I hear you saying in that it's like, oh, but that can still all be swirly here. But when we give ourselves kind of permission to land in our body, there can be both. There can be things we're sorting out and there can be fun and there can be pleasure and there can be all of these other things. Definitely. So good. So for any of the listeners kind of listening on that are thinking about doing this, I know because I did a form for everybody before we did this interview and you had said, just listen to your gut, like just listen to your gut. So what do you, when they're listening to this and they're on the edge and they might be a little bit nervous, like, what do you mean by when you're saying listening to your gut with this? What would you say to them? Yeah. So, so you're referring to, there was a question on the, on the questionnaire about what I would say to someone who's considering taking the better sex in 90 days. And, you know, I couldn't give any more specific or better advice than that because I found you, your podcast a week before I applied for better sex. Yeah, it was like out of nowhere. Yeah. It was very new to me. I was a new listener and, uh, and there was just something about it that compelled me. And again, it started with being triggered and, and, and being very put off by what you mm -hmm. were saying, which is counterintuitive that that would then lead to me, you know, joining, but it definitely got my interest. And even after we spoke and I, and I really liked you, it was still a big decision for me because of the commitment. And ultimately, I just had a very strong feeling that there was something for me to get out of the course. Mm -hmm. And I've had that be feeling before. I know to trust it. And and I even had the feeling that it might not be what I think it is. You know, it yeah. might not be better orgasms. It might not be better sex even. And, and that's really what I found that for me, at least what I got out of it was so much deeper, so much more about me than it was even about my relationship or my partner or sex and no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> no awesome. Regrets. Yay. Very strong feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. And one other thing I think is a lot of people worry about, you know, sex isn't something we talk about 
at all, really, you know, obviously on this podcast we do, but even sometimes in our close friendship relationships, even with the person we're having sex with, we don't talk about the sex. And so they worry about what it would be like to be in a group of strangers and talk openly about this most like intimate secret part of their relationship. What did you find that was the actual reality? Like, was it hard to speak up in a group? Like, what was the community aspect like for you? No, it wasn't hard at all. It wasn't yeah. hard at all. And I think that that's um, in part because of the the container that you created for uh, for that safety for all the women. And in two, just because of the awesomeness of the women in the group themselves. I probably mm-hmm. wasn't as, and, and maybe no one was as forthcoming, like on day one, you know, take a, a, some time to warm <laughs> yeah. up to each other and get more comfortable. But definitely by the end, people were just saying anything and everything. And we were cheering for each other and it felt really great and in that sense it was almost better that it was strangers than than people that you know and yeah yeah. in your regular life Um, but there definitely was a camaraderie where I was crying for the other women in the group tears of joy tears of pain feeling what they were feeling um, and that was pretty incredible yeah Thank you for sharing. Well, it was such a pleasure having you today on this podcast. Thank you so much. And just thanks for being a part of this community. It's been such an honor to have you. Thank you for having me. I feel so grateful for you, Danielle. Yay, (laughs) me too. Okay, Tanya, let's talk about your experience. So I know for you, you know, you were even talking about doing this, like the first group that I did it. And I told you, no, I don't think I said like, you're not allowed to, but I was like, it was a pretty emphatic, like, no, let's wait for the next time. Just because you had so many things going on. And so I know this has been on your mind for a while, but why did you finally decide to join you know, back in September when we started. It's interesting. The first, um, when you very first did it, I expressed some interest, but I wasn't quite there yet. And something shifted, something happened with my husband um, between the first and the second one. I had a night where I crawled into bed and I realized that for 27, well, 26 at that point, 26 of our 28 years that we're coming up on, I would oftentimes crawl into bed at night having this weird push-pull of wanting him to want to touch me and at the same time not wanting to be touched. And I was like, what is this all about? I had been doing a lot of work on myself and I was ready to explore what having my own pleasure, like being in charge of my own pleasure would be like, because up until that point in time, I just turned 52. So when I started the program, I was 51. And at this point I was like going through menopause. It was kind of like, well, is my sex life over anyway? And knowing that I'd never really owned my own pleasure, what I like, what I wanted. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to spend the next 40 or 50 years laying next to this man who I absolutely love and adore and not have, not be able to have amazing sex, not be able to know what I like thinking that I lost out on my opportunity. So that's what kind of was the trigger for me to want to join. Yeah. 
I love that. And I love just what you said. Like, I think sometimes, you know, it's this in the moment sort of feeling, right? Like in the moment we're like, oh yeah, I don't need it tonight or I can't do it. But then when we think of like, wait a minute, like I'm so in love with this person and the idea that this could go on without you know, the, this like really knowing what it's like to want it and to experience pleasure and even knowing what I want, what my desires for like 30, (laughs) 50, whatever, however many years, it's like, oh shit, I actually do want to work on this. This is important right now. Yeah. I had the analogy of, if you've ever seen the movie Runaway Bride, Yeah, they kept asking her, why do you keep running away from all of your, all of your you know, suitors. And she was like, because I don't know how I like my eggs. I know how every one of them likes their eggs, but I don't know how I like my eggs. And I was like, I need to figure out how I like my eggs. (laughs) So good. So yeah. Yeah. So here we are better sex in 90 days, figuring out what kind of eggs you like. So what did you find? Cause I think your journey, you know, it was so fun to hear in the subtle ways that it was coming out, that this work was coming out, not just in the bedroom, but in the other ways that you were finding pleasure. Can you just share with some of the listeners about like the other ways you were just like waking up and noticing this turned on woman showing up in your life? Yes, that was perhaps one of the most exciting things about it for me from the beginning of the journey when you had us do the exercise of becoming the turned on woman. I thought this is how I want to be all the time, not just in the bedroom, but because the woman I saw during that exercise was this vital, just so vibrant in love with life, sensual, like just so engaged. I thought I want to be that way with everything in my life, not just with my husband. I mean, obviously that's a huge bonus, but just this idea of how can I be a turned on woman to my life? And so I had moments where I think on one of the group calls I shared that, um, you know, in doing some work with my business, I got super excited about being engaged and um, being turned on where my business was concerned. And that was, that was an amazing moment for me. Also, some of the things that we work on a lot in the group is this idea of um, we've practiced this old way of being for so long that it's a, it's been a practice and just giving myself the grace to practice something different to allow myself to practice this new woman that i was becoming and walking into that was so empowering i was i was already having good sex with my husband when we did have sex the liberation that this gave me both inside and outside of the bedroom was not something that I actually foresaw coming. You know, I 
coming. I figured that like <laughs> um, all the sexual innuendos and jokes here. That's right? like, of course, of yeah. course. Like I just, it wasn't something that I first saw happening. And so it was amazing when I started making the correlations between like, I was in my car driving one day and I was like, who am I in this moment? Who am I being? Oh, I'm a turned on woman right now driving in my car. I was, uh, I was basically, I had the top down, I had the music on and I was so turned on to my life and how I was feeling. I had this young guy pull up next to me and he was like, he just was like smiling and nodding his head. And it wasn't about the attention that he was giving me. It was like, he was totally feeling the vibe that I was putting off. And I was like, that's right. I'm a turned on woman. (laughs) Yeah, you become magnetic, right? And and I love that you said this. This isn't about the attention or getting back, but it's like people can feel that like energy, you know, and it's just like it's uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? I think magnetic was contagion. Well, I mean, contagious, right? You know, like when we're feeling magnetic, when we're feeling turned on, it's like, it's, yes, it's magnetic. And it's just this contagious thing. Like you can't help but smile when you see somebody in their, in their element like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I loved every, you know, every week we do these celebrations on the calls. And so often Tanya would come and she would share one of these other moments, like the car moment or in her bathroom or all these dancing, like, and it's exactly like what you said. It's not just in the bedroom. It's the impact of practicing something different. Like we get so used to, and so stuck in these ruts of just the way that we're just kind of a shadow in our own lives and going through the motions and practicing having pleasure in each moment or even just presence in each moment, whether or not pleasure is there, is what does do that, that turned onness in your body, right? Yeah. I I fell deeply in love with my own body during that time too. Just being able to dance naked and like my husband would occasionally walk into the bathroom and I'm getting ready. I'm naked. I've got music in my ears and I'm just dancing and feeling good about my body, feeling good about everything and feeling just really empowered. And he would walk in and get a grin on his face every time. And what was also amazing is because I was in charge of my own pleasure, I could just let him watch and and enjoy what he was seeing me and not feel like, oh, now I somehow have to be responsible for how he's feeling or how he's responding to me. I can just be in me, in my own skin, feeling this amazingness. And he gets the, the pleasure of just watching. (laughs) <laughs> so good. And I love that you said that because I think that a lot of, um, you know, it's misinterpreted when we say turned on woman, right? And then maybe you see your husband and then it's that immediate switch of like, oh, I owe him something or some obligation. Right. You know, it's so subtle, but mm-hmm. to not have it is exactly what you were saying before. It just, it's such a liberation when we can really just be in our bodies and love it for us, truly. Absolutely. Yeah, I can really relate to even what Ruthie shared. For a long time, I felt like um, 
if I was responsible for hitting the trigger button, like if I've launched the launch sequence and my husband's getting aroused that somehow I am now responsible for, for finishing that or carrying it out. And this, it was this underlying feeling that I'd never actually like unpacked or checked. So it was just this assumption that, oh, if I start something with him, I better be prepared to finish it. And it wasn't, then it became about his pleasure and not mine. And so that was another thing that was like so liberating is taking back my ownness of my pleasure and being able to, as I'm in charge of my own pleasure, then I'm sharing that with him instead of like being responsible for his pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It allowed me to let go of being responsible for his pleasure. Yeah. And as a result, like there's more pleasure. <laughs> it's <is> amazing. <laughs> yes. So amazing. And I think, you know, I love that you're taking the time to explain this because obviously this is one of the reasons I called the whole podcast. It's my pleasure, but there's all these subtleties and all these nuances where us as women don't really realize what that means. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it out of duty. I'm not 1950s housewife. But then when you really start to dive into this work, you're like, oh shit, there it is. There it is. And there it is. Right. And then you start to see all these like little ways that it really does become about the responsibility, like you said, of his pleasure, what he's experiencing or anything like that. So you said there, so there is more pleasure to be had. Talk about that. Talk about the physicalness of what's changed actually in the bedroom. Cause we've talked about the other stuff. What, if anything has changed as far as your experience of sex? So this has been a pivotal shift in that we're not having sex as often as we Mm -hmm. used to. But the sex that we're having now is fully engaged. Learning about my body and learning about how my pleasure comes about. So the old story, a picture, I mean, we've been, we've been married 26 going on 27 years. And the old story was, you know, we had sex every week and sometimes it was like, well, not really in the mood and I'm expecting to feel in the mood before I can engage. Otherwise it was like this duty, this responsibility that, you know, got to keep the husband happy kind of thing versus now, now I'm like, this is my pleasure. This is, I own this. So sometimes it's me taking care of myself. And sometimes it's like, I really want to be connected with you. And because I own my pleasure now, um, we're not necessarily having sex as often because I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, it's been a week or it's been two weeks. We really need to have sex because that's how we stay connected. Now I'm like, no, I want this. I want to to feel this. And I know now how my brain is, is like, I'm not just going to be turned on. Sometimes it's, it's, it's setting the scene, it's preparing. Um, and like this morning, for example, had the longest orgasm I've ever had. And that actually, I know, right. (laughs) Um, that actually came 
my, I don't think my husband listens to the podcast, so we're good here. But <laughs> that actually came literally and figuratively after he had an orgasm because I wasn't in it for the, um, it has to be the end goal. I was just so engaged with feeling pleasure while I was with him that I wasn't all tensed up. Usually I'm like trying to have an orgasm. I'm trying to get there before he does so that he doesn't have to hold out. And this morning I was like, you know what? I was just enjoying it and feeling so much pleasure sharing this experience with him that he actually had an orgasm before I did. And that built upon my own. And so when it started, it just came in waves and it lasted the longest I've ever had one. And he was like, he was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I know the first time the husbands witnessed that they're like, uh, are you okay? What's happening? (laughs) You're like, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm really good. I'm really good. And that was for me, not like tensing up in the past. There was this, this tension, like I got to get there. Um, so that he can, so that he can have his, and this morning I wasn't even thinking about that. It was like, I'm just enjoying this. I'm Mm -hmm. in my pleasure. I'm feeling this. I'm relaxed. And I remembered, um, in, in what we did in better sex that you had talked about the different kinds of orgasms. And I was like, you know what, this feels really good. So I'm just going to stay right here. And my husband's like, I'm, I'm good for that. Right. Yeah. And that is what gave me that opportunity. I was in my pleasure. Mm -hmm. I was just enjoying that interaction with him. And that is what made it possible. Love it. Love it. So good. So you heard me ask Ruthie this question about the community, you know, that community aspect and what that experience is like, especially for those that are worried about sharing this kind of like intimacy in a group, like what was that like just being in a group of women for this journey for you? It was incredibly amazing. I, I'm pretty open, but there's also, you know, years of conditioned shame around talking about sex, being open or candid about it. But what I found with the group experience is it when you listen to other people that are willing to open up and share their story, you're like, oh my gosh, it's not just me. Oh my gosh, I'm not the only person who's had that thought. Oh my gosh, I like I can relate to this woman. And there were times in the group where somebody would share an experience that they were having or a block that they were having. And I realized, oh my gosh, I have that same block. Like I had, I, it wasn't in the forefront of my brain. So listening to other people share their experiences was actually even more enriching than I think if I were on my own, because there there are pieces and portions that you either forget or just aren't in the forefront of your brain or like things that you think are just like part of who you are. I think one person shared about um, kissing and how they felt about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel that same way. I thought, I I thought it was just weird. 
I thought it was just yeah. weird. Yeah. And maybe I am weird, but I'm not the only weird person. <laughs> not the only weird one, not even yes. in this room. Yeah. Right, right. So just knowing that other people have those kind of experiences creates this sense of community and this sense of um, almost like a sisterhood. Like there were all different kinds of ages and experience ranges, but being able to listen to other people's story, you oftentimes found places where you could connect to another human being. And isn't that like part of the reason we're all here is to be able to connect one another and to support and enrich each other's lives. And so I actually found the group experience to be rewarding, empowering, and, um, and a very safe place in which to share. I have you know, sexual trauma in my past as well. And so being able to just sit and hold others as they're experiencing their tender moments, like, like Ruthie said about, you know, putting her hand to her heart and saying, baby girl, I've got you knowing that you're not the only person to have experienced that kind of fear and that other people are wanting to establish safety that was, it was very intimate. And I learned a little bit about intimacy in the group that I don't know that I could have learned from a one-on-one experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that you shared that. And I think, you know, having done one-on-one and both, you know, it, I really, I can relate and, you know, from a coach, but also from a client perspective to everything you said. And it's really bringing to surface, like you, like things that we don't even know are blocks, but that we hear someone else being coached on them or bringing it up. It actually accelerates the growth in so many ways, because we're not just having to be aware of all the things that are holding us back, but we get to have all of the blocks that everybody's experiencing and in real time, getting to work through those while someone else is working through through those, which helps the growth and go even quicker. So on that note, yeah, um, I'm just curious, is there anything else you would like to say, any of the listeners, you know, considering this group or anything else you want to share about, about your experience? It was one of the best investments I've ever made in me. And one of the things that I'm, I'm very much so learning as a coach and being in the experience of being coached in a group setting is that when I invest in myself, it ends up like this ripple effect. It's like dropping a stone in the water and watching all the ripples that go out. Me becoming a turned on woman has, has influenced my business. It has influenced my marriage. It has influenced my friendships. And so If you're wondering, like, am I just investing in something like, am I going to get my money's worth? Am I going to, um, like, I'm just looking at sex. It's more than that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was such a worthy investment in me. The experience has rippled out into all facets because it's been about my pleasure and about it's not just sex. It's been about really coming home to me. And so while some people might be hesitant about making that kind of a commitment, I would say don't hesitate because Mm -hmm. the, 
the commitment that you make to yourself has a ripple effect that that will span in areas that you have no awareness of right now that afterwards you'll be like, holy crap, like this has just been so many different areas of my life have been enriched because of this experience. So I would say... Mm. Like, don't hesitate. <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I It's been such a pleasure to have you in the group. And thanks again for being courageous enough to share your journey and your story here on the podcast with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Danielle. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rebecca, let's talk about you. So, you know, I think it's, I've been talking a little bit about like either the consult process or how somebody came into the program and you and I were talking a little bit back and forth, but you had a, like, it was like, you could see why this program would be beneficial. You even kind of had a thought of like, oh, this is definitely something that, you know, I need to do or I want to do, but there was still a lot of like resistance and hesitancy. Can you talk about just that, that part of it, like getting over that hump to actually join? Yeah. I think, I mean, before I even met you, Danielle, which it's now been like a year and a half or so. And before I knew sex coaching was even a thing, like there was definitely a part of me that for years have thought about, like I've purchased books, I've purchased workbooks. Like there's a part of me that has known that there's something going on in the way I view sex or the way I think about it or the way I experience. I don't know. I didn't know what was wrong, but something was wrong. (laughs) Something was wrong. And so when you um, started this group coaching program, I knew that that was really of interest to me. Like it was, this was something I wanted to dive into, but I think the resistance, a lot of our back and forth had to do with the amount of, (laughs) the amount of work that I feared this would take, like um, in, in a couple of different ways, like one, maybe being like, this feels so deep and heavy and hard. I don't know if I want to dive into it. Like, so there was just some you know, a lot of mental blockage there. But then one of the issues I was having to begin with was that I wasn't really looking forward to sex. And so if I wasn't looking forward to sex and I was going to have more of it, like I didn't want to add more of that (laughs) feeling of not wanting sex into my time and my calendar when I already feel really, you know, depleted as a, as a working mom of two kids. So it was, it was kind of a combination of both of those things that we, I think went back and forth a little bit about, and it was kind of like a chicken and an chicken and the egg. Like, you know, you need to work on this and you want to have different thoughts about even how you're looking forward to sex, but you're going to actually have to like dive into that and have more sex in order to figure that out. And it was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So totally. I, I'm pretty sure I signed up. Maybe was the very last person to sign up at like 10 at night before the midnight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it might've even been, yeah, like 11 PM, like an hour before doors closed kind of thing. I remember and, sitting in bed and my, and I was filling out the application and my husband was like, what are you doing? Cause I'm never up that late. And, he, and yeah. I was like, I got to fill this out before I was like, yeah, <laughs> can I have your credit card? Like, like. <laughs> uh, I love it. And I love too, that you brought up like the time thing, um, because that is like what you, you are also a coach, right. And you coach a lot of women on is this feeling of like, over overwhelm and not having a lot of time being a working mom, being a high achieving woman and having children. So of course this would come up for this. It was like, oh yeah, one more thing I don't feel like I have time for. Yep. Totally. Yeah. 
And I don't know if I want to make time for it, which was the problem to begin with. So. Right. 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 It's like, I want this result, but I don't want to make time for it. So I don't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So talk just a little bit about like your experience, like in, in the program, like some of your biggest takeaways or even shifts of thought from doing the better sex in 90 days, once you made time for it. (laughs) (laughs) Once I decided I was going to be in and I was going to get something from it. Well, I would say, so first, before I even dive into that, I think one of the, the wonderful things that you do to set up this program from the very beginning, and you, you really do, you mention it several in several different ways on several different occasions is you, you continually talk about like this, there's no one path forward here. And so there, whatever you need to just assume that whatever you need to get out of this, you're going to get out of it. Like if you would have done more videos, that doesn't mean you were going to get something better out of it. Or if you would have done X, Y, or Z, that doesn't mean you're going to get something better out of it. It's like just killing the idea that there's a one path forward. You could watch everything and that'd be perfect. You could watch nothing and do nothing and still just participate in the, in the calls and that'd be enough for you. Like it really is okay. And that, that really did set me up to feel like, cause I'm, I tend, I'm a perfectionist. I tend to be very like a to B to C and there's a path and there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And which was the mentality that was the problem here to begin with, with sex. So, yes, but yes. I, as in approaching the program, you know, I also had that mentality. And so I think from the beginning, noticing that, that I just get to choose my path forward and that's great. Um, so there was some great, you know, life lessons that continued to be hammered home as I did this work. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that you brought that up because I think that's important. I didn't even think about that as a thing until you just said it for people yep. to understand because there is a lot of content in this program. Tons. You know, I did not get through it all for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I think some people come in and they're overwhelmed. They're like, oh shit, like there's all of this stuff. And the only reason I do it is because everybody's path is different. You know, yeah. like some people really need to focus on one area and I wanted to make sure that I had all the resources for that person and for somebody else. But when you realize, and now that you have lifetime access to it, it's like, oh, and I could dive into this next and I can dive into this next, not trying to tackle every single little piece that has been building up since you were, you know, a young child and figure (laughs) it all out in 90 days. It's such a relief. It's like, oh, okay. I've got all the space here. Yeah. And so going with that theme of just the right or wrongness, I mean, I, I probably could have surmised that that was going to be part of this journey for me once I really decided to dive into it. But I think what became very clear very early on was the the very the sabotaging voice that obviously of course we always all of us have one, right? But mine, how clear, how clear it was when it came to sex, everything from thinking about sex to the act of sex to after sex to you know, my body to the way I perceived, I mean, just anything related to it, that voice very much felt like there was a right way. And because it wasn't all like coming together for me, like I must be doing it wrong. And then my natural tendency is to just throw a whole bunch of shame on myself and tell myself I'm bad and I'm terrible and something's wrong with me. And then that just, you know, dug me into a hole. So I, I think becoming very aware of that like sequence 
and being able to like see it more objectively, like step back and kind of go, oh, I see what's going on here. I'm having some thoughts about this. And then I'm shaming myself about that. And then that's not really helpful. And as we enter into this like intimate space together with my husband and that's not working out. So it was really awareness of that was really key. And the awareness itself was huge because even just through the awareness, I was able to kill it on some level, like just recognizing that it was a pattern and that I had a choice in the pattern (laughs) was huge. But then there was some lots of active work to kind of to in the moment, in the moment of like approaching sex or the after time, that would usually be where the shame was coming in, was in the not feeling like I wanted it and shaming myself for that, or then afterwards and not going the way I thought it would go and then shaming myself for that and being able to just kind of hold myself a little bit, like hold space for myself to, to, to just feel whatever it is I needed to feel, which was probably like the second big piece of this journey for me was just kind of moving from my head to my my body, which I live my life very much in my head as a, as a thoughts person and not a feeler. And so having to like really get in touch with what's going on in my body and be willing to sit with that and like relax and pay a lot of attention to sensations in my body and how things were feeling. And kind of like, that was a huge piece of it as well that moved me out of my brain, which kind of moved me out of the shaming cycle and kind of into just being in tune with them much more in the moment and and in the present, which is a way better place to be intimate from than, than any other. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you explained it in like, kind of in that sequence, you know, because for, um, you know, those that are listening and most of us in general in the life that we spend so much time up here, I think they can totally relate to this, right? Like it's like that piece that you first have the awareness around the sabotage or right piece. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and they heard me say it all the time. You might hear me say it on the podcast too, but you know, one of the things I say all the time is like, celebrate the noticing. Like we want to like jump ahead and be like, oh, I didn't get progress here and I'm not moving fast enough. And I was like, you just noticed so many things you had zero awareness of yesterday. And there's so much celebration. And that's like what Rebecca just said. Like there's so much celebration in the noticing because we can't do anything with it until we notice it. And sometimes just the noticing lets it dissolve and move away. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then then moving in and seeing the shame and then meeting it in your body. And I think that was like I'm so glad that you brought that up because I as, you know, coaching you and and watching you on this journey, that was so much part of this work is like seeing all of it, you know, noticing it was there and then feeling it, like actually going in and letting it, you know, metabolize through, letting it move through. So then mm-hmm. Once you, because that was a lot of your work, like really feeling the feelings and and tapping into sensations more. So how did that then, what was that result of you being able to do that? Like you learn the skill of like, okay, I can see all this stuff. I'm dropping into my body. And then you said this was such a better place to approach intimacy was kind of from, I like to think of it as a clear space. You're like kind of unburdening yourself of- the sensations that are holding you down. So like kind of paint a picture. I mean, not details. I don't need to have, you know, (laughs) (laughs) 
an audio sex book on this podcast, but like, how did that end up showing up as far as like the actual experience of sex for you then? Yeah. I think what, what happened was I was able to move into sex so much faster than before, um, which was a which was one of the areas I shamed myself a lot in was how long it took me to get into the desire state, you know? And so I, you know, there, you have at least one video, if not multiple and like this, this conversation around how long it takes a woman to get to a place where they actually want to like continue to have like where their body takes over and it becomes something that feels so natural is so much longer than men generally. And that that time frame is, you know, is wide for women, you know, like you're not generally, totally don't just enter into sex wanting it from the very moment. Like that, that start that is seated so earlier, uh, early on in the day, early on in the process. Like, and I would just usually enter it cold. Like it was just like, well, here we go. And so from zero, nothing to like desire state could felt like an eternity. And then I would just be beat myself up. And then sometimes that we just wouldn't, we would just stop. Like I just couldn't handle it. I was so in my, my brain. And so all of that just went away. Like have, mm-hmm. how, however long it took is however long it took. But in the end, it didn't end up taking all that much longer because through so many of the things that you teach us in a, in a way to help foster desire, like that starts in the morning time when I'm getting dressed and when I'm choosing what I'm going to wear that day, knowing that I'm going to have sex later in that day. Like I might choose to wear something that makes me feel sexy because that's going to, that is going to build the whole experience into the, into the nighttime and, or like times in the day that I might stop and just take, you know, take an inventory of my body or, sexy dance sometimes during the day or do something, you know, do whatever that's going to foster by the time, like we would get to that moment, you know, after the kids are asleep and then we kind of know they're asleep and it's like three and six (laughs) and this could be really late at night or whatever, (laughs) you know, but I'm not, I'm never enter it cold anymore. And so that feels like such, it feels so big to me. And, um, so that, that desire, that wanting of sex, like kicks in so much faster And then that makes the entire experience, you know, that just paints such a more positive experience overall, generally state of desire from, you know, a much more earlier state. And then I think another one that is really, has been really big is, is, is the like getting, just getting being willing to experiment and be very vocal with what feels good and what doesn't feel good and what I want or what I don't want and kind of not, not letting those, not, not letting those thoughts feel like, um, suppressed in any way there, there's no shame around having any of those thoughts. Like I could say, don't do that because I don't want it because it's my body and it's not exactly where I want to be. And then that be a, a really safe thing to do or even more so because that's really less so I would say more for me on the other side is actually expressing more of what I do like and being willing to say that and then have such a more pleasurable experience because I've said what I want and I'm in touch with what I want and so like even the last time my husband and I had sex I suggested we 
do massages together, which usually that's like a one, one person gets one. And I was like, no, let's just switch that up. You know, let's just do, we'll each do one. And then we'll kind of go from there. And like, at the end of it, we both were like, that was like just what I needed from like massage to sex was such a beautiful, like (laughs) experience. And it was, and I decided to just like, oh, that feels really good. Let's just do that. And like, I'll start, like, I feel excited about giving you a massage and kind of getting into the moment in that way. And it was, it has just allowed me to be freer, I think, with what, what feels good to me. And that, um, of course, when I'm freer, feeling more freedom in my brain and in my body about what I want, like, of course, my experience is going to be so much more freer in the end, right? Totally. Yes. And I love that you spoke to that because I think that's such a huge piece, you know, like it's the confidence and the permission, you know, and all of these things to express what we want. But a lot of times we don't even know what we want. So like you said, like being willing, being brave enough, being open enough to like experiment and then expressing that is such a huge shift and it's just going to change everything. Yeah. So the other question that I have for you then is what I've asked all of the ladies is just about the community aspect, because again, this, I do feel like a lot of women, you know, are a little worried or a little hesitant to share, you know, I mean, share about sex and these intimate details or being vulnerable in a group like this. So what would you say or like to say about the group experience? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to do this any other way, but in a group, I think, and then the reason I say that is because I know cognitively, like I'm not alone. I know that I'm not alone in the way that I'm experiencing sex or my body or, or whatnot, or life generally, you know, like, like we're meant to be communal people. Like I know that I'm not alone. And so every time I heard somebody say something that resonated with me or is like, Oh, I've said that to myself before, or I've done that before. It was like, like, I'm not broken. Like I'm not some, you know, I'm not some unfixable creature, you know, and that, that experience is so it's just really empowering. So it doesn't really matter if you, you know, I talked or not that day, got coached or not that day. There was always something that someone said that was like, was an experience I have had or am having or thoughts that I've had or questions I've had that makes me feel like I'm not alone. That makes me feel like this is totally figure outable. That makes me figure out like I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be on the journey. That makes me feel you know, that it's possible to have the intimate life that I want. And I don't, I think it would have, yeah, I think you just don't, you won't get that in any other type of experience, but in a group. So I think it was a beautiful, I think it was, it was exactly what I wanted for sure. Yeah. And I, and I absolutely love that. And especially about that compassion piece, right? The minute, like you said, like we can cognitively get it, but when you hear woman after woman, or like you see post after post of something similar, it's like a built in level of compassion. Like you can all of a sudden really be understanding of your own experience. And we can always work towards that, but it, goes so much quicker (laughs) when you hear everybody else. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. It's like, you really can hold yourself with so much more love and understanding in your own journey. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. For sure. So anything else you would like to add as any last minute thing for anybody listening about the program or 
your experience in general? Yeah. I mean, I think what, what one of my biggest takeaways as I've reflected on this, as it relates to like the rest of life, I have countless times thought to myself, like, wow, I have, I came so, I did such a 180 in my, the way I'm experiencing sex right now from before when I started this program, from when I started the program, like, it made me realize I could, I could, do, I could up level all sorts of areas of my life that I didn't even yeah. realize that I've just thought were fixed that I thought that was it. You know, like I didn't even realize that I was saying that to myself, but I, I realize now like this one felt so heavy and hard to me that having made such massive progress, it opened up this idea that there's so much more that I could make, I could do like how I hold myself back on so many, in so many other ways. Yeah. Out of all of them, this probably would have been one that I would have gone. I don't know. This one feels like really, really hard to me. And Mm. so it's just such a beautiful thing to just see one as one area of life, like unlocks, like so many other areas can begin to unlock, or it gives you new perspective into so many other things. And so this one is so it's wrapped up in all areas of life. I mean, the way we view our body and the way we view sex and the way we view pleasure and how, like how we hold ourselves in our sexual being is a part of how we live every single moment. It makes sense to me that when you shift that, like everything else, everything else can up level with it, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing. Oh, you said it so well. And like, I'm doing my best not to get emotional because it's big. And like, especially when you do really feel you're like, this is one area that just feels so heavy and so locked in and so like unpenetrable as far Mm -hmm. as growth. And then you show up for it and you're courageous enough. And then you do the things like you did and like having this 180 experience, it's like, what else is possible? Like anything, yeah. <laughs> I could do yeah. this, like anything really. Yeah, for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you for yes. being so brave and working through your resistance and saying yes and making the time <laughs> for it, making the time for this podcast today. I really appreciate it. And it's just been my absolute pleasure to have you in this group. So thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Vicki. So excited to chat with you because your your situation was a little different. You know, you had come into this, you had looked at all of the materials, you had reached out to me and you're like, yeah, but I'm having good sex. <laughs> so it was a little bit different. And I think there's a lot of women that are listening to this that are having a great sex life with their partner and they might be intrigued, but they're like, is this even for me? So I'd love for you to talk more about how your experience was different because you're already having good sex with your partner. Yeah. I think it is interesting because of the way you taught us to really define sex and the way you teach that, because I do think it is very like partner oriented. And for me, this was really like a journey for myself. It was really about self-pleasure and a gift in my life to give myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can't, I keep saying the word self. Me, me, me. Yes, um, yes. But it's called my pleasure. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, and it's even like as women, how often do we feel like selfish to just think about our pleasure? Like this is all for me to experience pleasure. Um, and I think maybe I carried that around 
for a long time, like this isn't a problem to be solved. This is fine because I have good sex, because I have orgasms, like let's not be greedy versus like me connecting to my body and connecting to this part of my body that Mm -hmm. I've never, never, ever connected with before. That was just mind blowing. And I felt like it was impacting the decisions that I made for myself in other ways. Like when we're not prioritizing our pleasure in the bedroom or for me by myself, whatever it might be, where else are you just not prioritizing yourself? Because the same Mm -hmm. patterns show up. And this, I went into this thinking this isn't just going to end up with me self-pleasuring more, which it has done, which is really fun, but also it's going to impact other decisions that I make in my life, which it has done. And one of the things that I told you was like, now I have a Wednesday half day at work. Mm -hmm. Like I don't start until two o'clock. I have bath, a bath in the morning, every Wednesday and Saturday. It's like just more time for me to better my relationship with myself. And that's come from you know, changing my relationship with that part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I love, and I, I love that you're talking about this and, you know, for those of you, you know, Vicky is one of these very high achieving women. She's like sets a goal. She's a go-getter. She goes after it. She makes it happen. So some of you listening might be like, oh, great. A bath on Wednesday or Saturday, but like for Vicky, (laughs) this is huge. (laughs) Right. Right? And I think that's so important for us to like realize is like where we're all differently coming in with what are our tendencies? Because, you know, I want you to talk just a little bit about like your drive in general as a human being and how you show up in life and how this is really like a a totally different approach. Like it isn't like a check off your to-do list and how that's impacted just your experience of still going after your goals, yet starting to explore this more slowed down version of you. Yes. I love being a go-getter. I've always been ambitious. I always get shit done. Like I thrive off it. I thrive off doing and achieving and learning. Like literally I will choose the most uncomfortable thing because I'm like, that's where the most growth is. I didn't even know at the time, but that was never going to be sustainable for much longer. (laughs) And, you know, I'm someone that if I think back to like 10 years ago, at one point I had three jobs at the same time, one full-time, one evenings, one weekends. I also had a full-time jobs and study for certifications and qualifications at the same time. So spent a lot of time being in the office seven days a week as well. Like it really, I really had built a lot of my life around doing and I'm able to do a lot like this wasn't coming from a place of oh I'm gonna burn out I need to stop like I can do all the things and as you say I think for me like it was revolutionary and it may may sound basic to other people but I'm someone that maybe otherwise just wouldn't have had a bath because I'm like a shower is just quicker yeah <laughs> I feel like why would I waste my time yeah right like but what am I going to achieve from it um <laughs> and that doesn't just impact like the actual having of the bath it impacts your enjoyment of all the things in life I feel like I've slowed down so much even little things like the other day I was eating raspberries and you didn't exercise with us around fruit and I was like "Ooh, I get to do that like just even touching my skin and having that connection back with parts of my body and that awareness and like I listen to your meditations every Wednesday and Saturday and like having that 
available to me. Even when I'm in the bath, I'm going to be real. Yeah. Sometimes my brain's like, well, we could just get out now. We could just get out. Like, I'm still <laughs> yeah. dealing with, with that because, you know, of how I've been in the past. But it really is like life is yours to enjoy now, have pleasure now. And for me, like the tipping point of like when I decided I'm 100% doing this work and my pleasure is important is I was realizing I'm using so many cheap pleasures. I mean, I used to drink a lot. I love chocolate, like whatever TV, however we get all these cheap pleasures that ending up costing us. And this is a pleasure that ends up with like compounding benefits. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to have me time for pleasure, do I want to eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream and then like feel ugh afterwards? Or do I want to self-pleasure and feel like amazing afterwards? (laughs) It's so good. And I love that you brought that up, right? Because especially it's like, there's so many golden nuggets in there. It's like, what's the point, right? Which is what our brain says. Like, what's the point? We could just get out. Like, let's move this along. Right. And, and then also that distinction between those cheap pleasures, right. Where we actually, we, we want them. There might be that eagerness, but then we don't feel better afterwards versus choosing like what I like to think of as like nourishing, like wholesome, like the true pleasure and how it does, it reverberates in your body. It has like actual long lasting benefits rather than depleting, depleting from us. Yeah. Yeah. And also, as you mentioned, like I'm a type A highly independent woman and I felt like sex was this area where I was dependent on my partner. Mm. Like it just isn't a fun dynamic to be like, Hey, I want, like, if I want to be turned on, I need you. Like I obviously love having sex with him. That's not, um, the issue is just like, oh, there's like this dependency there. Do mm. we want that? In our yeah. Like, no. Yeah. So I'm curious. It, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm curious then, like, as you learn to like access this pleasure in yourself and you felt more like empowered in that, how did that impact your dynamic in like your, you know, partnered sex? Oh, it's just been way more fun and it was really sweet like he was very he's very encouraging of it and like he's you know he's been more experienced down there than me and it was like something that we could do together and like yeah you know and also oftentimes led to sex which was also fun yeah Um, so like he was more turned on by it I was more turned on by it there was more creativity around it it definitely benefited all the things and especially I think for him as well it's also like I don't think it's nice to have someone dependent on you for something all the time. And yeah. I think a lot of women have the opposite. So maybe maybe I'm speaking to a smaller sector where people, where women are thinking like, oh, he wants to have sex with me. No, I wanted to have sex with him. Yeah, and yeah. I was on that side of things. So I know there are other women out there like that as well. Hi, you know, highly independent and do want to enjoy having sex. And it's like, you also get to take responsibility for your own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it, cha- it definitely changes your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't do this to me. Let's experience this together. It's not like waiting around for pleasure to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, it's just like that dependency piece, mm-hmm. um, which really drew me to it. 
Yeah, I love it. So, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot of, you know, and and I think you even expressed this because you actually reached out to me to work one-on-one at the beginning and then ended up choosing the group and you were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to, you know, have conversations and be in this group setting with such this vulnerable topic. And then ultimately you did choose the group. And I think a lot of listeners are probably having those same thoughts. So talk a little bit about, you know, making that decision from one-on-one to group and then what it's like being in a community of women doing this work. Yeah, I specifically remember I was deciding between the two and I sent you an email with all the reasons why I shouldn't join group. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, here's all the reasons why I shouldn't join group. And then I sat with it and I I did think about where is my most growth? Like really, where is it? And it was definitely in the group because I do want to I do want these conversations to be happening in the world. And Mm -hmm. I felt like if I just left it to me and you, it was allowing it to continue to be taboo. And even being in the group and sharing everything. And for me, like I I got to share something that I'd never shared before. And like the experience of sharing that in front of 30 people, it was like 30 times the effect. Mm. Like I just, it just, I just like recovered from it so much quicker and had it just been mine and your little secret and you're mm-hmm. the only person in the world, it like ripped off the band-aid in a way that I just couldn't have anticipated. Like, I'm so grateful for that. And what, what happened then was I started to have conversations with my friends about it. Like, really, mm-hmm. the way I speak to my friends about sex and pleasure now has changed. And like, I'm really recruiting them all into your program. And also one of my friends has has a daughter and I'm like, I hope you know when she's 18, I'm sending her to Danielle because I think (laughs) this is the point. Like women deserve this information and this knowledge and all the information out there about sex and pleasure. Like it's changing a bit. Yeah. But the quickest way is to get in this room because all the information is really by men for men. And it's so limiting. And Like, I just think at a basic level, every woman deserves this program and the basic knowledge to understand Mm -hmm. their own pleasure. Like, are we asking for a lot? No. Like, this is (laughs) it. This is it. Yeah. It's like really like unwiring all of that stuff where we've learned that it is for men and we don't even realize like how deep it is. And then you get in, you're like, oh, it's all been withheld for them and like reclaiming it, right? Like you said, not being dependent on it, but also like a reclamation of pleasure itself for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your experience. It's been such a pleasure having you on and having you in the group, of course. Thank you. It was my pleasure. (laughs) Love it. Okay, Kim, let's get started on your experience. So, you know, I know that we talked before, we had our consultation about joining the group and all of this stuff, but I love, you know, just thinking about where you started, kind of where you were, you know, where you ended up. And one of the things that really stood out to me was just your overall confidence and finding your voice in this experience. And I would love for you just to chat a little bit about what that looked like for you and what that was like. Yeah. So for me, one of the biggest steps, honestly, was just joining the program. (laughs) (laughs) And then once I joined it, telling my husband that I did, because I felt this almost like a sense of guilt if he finds out you know, that he'll think I'm unsatisfied with, with Mm -hmm. him, or he's doing something wrong, or because, um, I mean, our sex life 
was never bad. I mean, it was good. And there were times it was awesome, but the awesome times could be fleeting, you know, and I just thought it can be better. And for some reason had these notions that, you know, it would hurt his feelings or something. And so telling him, you know, was like, I felt scary to me <laughs> for some reason, even though we totally. have a great relationship and we talk about everything. And um, he was so pumped and thought it was so awesome. And he was so proud of me. And and it just was a catalyst for so many great conversations for us. Um, so that was really the beginning, just, just telling him that yeah. I joined this program was huge for me. And then it opened up the doors. So week by week, you know, I'd tell him what I'm learning or tell him what I want or, you know, what we're, we're trying or whatever. And um, so that, that was the big thing, my yeah. opening that, that channel of communication. Yeah. I love that you brought light to this because I think so many women, you know, even that I've talked to do feel that nervousness. Like what does this mean about like our marriage or about, you know, our relationship or even just our sexual connection? If I sign up this group, like assuming that the signing up even, or the inquiry into it means there's something wrong. And like you said, like it doesn't just to sign up, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong and making, you know, we don't want our partners to think like, Hey, we've actually been unsatisfied this whole time or something like that, but that you can have a good sex life and want it to be better. And it's no fault of your partners at all. Right, right. And then the the ripple effect of that is then in other areas of my life, honestly, speaking up, that whole speaking up and saying my truth and worrying about, oh, if I say this, I might offend someone or hurt someone's feelings. And so I feel like this is spilling out beyond just the communication now with my husband. It's really starting to be a stepping stone with just my finding my voice in other ways. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so fun to hear about just like that Mm -hmm. confidence to speak up and be bolder. And when you think about it, it's like sex is kind of one of those taboo topics, you know, still in 2021 in our society, even in our relationship with the person we're having sex with, right? It's so, it can be so scary. And when we find that voice there, it's like, oh, it becomes so much easier everywhere. It's like, if I could actually mm-hmm. talk about sex, <laughs> then I could talk about anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So say a little bit more about like how, you know, how the program helped support you opening up and doing that. So you had these materials and then you were able to, but like, what else did you find as far as like a skill set or the way that you were able to approach these that allowed you to feel safer and having these type of conversations? Um, well, sometimes it was just that doing the uncomfortable thing and, you know, you can do something you don't feel comfortable doing and doing it anyway. And so that leads into the the group part. You know, we'd talk about something and I'd say, okay, yep, I'm committed to calendaring this 
for this week. And I'd say it in front of the other ladies. So then that to me was enough to, well, now I'm going to do it. (laughs) I don't want to, but you know, they're going to be asking me how, how things went or, you know, or she did something that she was really nervous about. So I can do this. That, that I I think the group dynamic helped that and just the weekly meetings and assignments, um, calendaring, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that seems, you know, kind of counterintuitive to like passion and heat of the moment. And yet it's so necessary. And so, you know, I knew, well, I had this intended for twice before our next meeting. And yeah. so it, it really helped me just stay more disciplined with what I wanted to do. And like, I mean, it was just me holding myself accountable, but it felt uh, bigger than that being in a group. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up. Um, That's one thing that hasn't been talked about so much with the group is like that witnessing, right? Like it's like when you're in a group and you say you're going to do something there, it does feel like a little bit more on the line. (laughs) Like It does kind of (laughs) up-level your commitment. And you want to Mm -hmm. come back and you want to share like, Hey, I did do this thing. I said I was going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to, because we did a lot of celebrating, you know, we celebrate Mm -hmm. these brave steps. We celebrate these wins and it really does become this community that fosters a lot of this growth because you feel like, okay, I can do the uncomfortable thing. She's doing the uncomfortable thing. We're all doing uncomfortable things (laughs) and you have this like community in that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So um, tell, like, talk a little bit more about the group experience, because I think so many women hearing this, you know, hearing about doing this kind of work, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of nervousness to begin with, like what you spoke to, right? Like, what is my husband going to think? Or what does this mean about us? Or what might he say? That's a huge, you know, nervousness and fear for a, a lot of women. But then the other aspect of like, this is hard for me to talk about with my husband, let alone in a group of women I don't even know, or maybe some of them you did know through association or social media or something like that. So I would love to just hear your take on like what that was like coming into a group experience around this topic. Yeah, I definitely had those reservations about sharing in front of other women. And I, um, it, I, I do, when I look back over the course of the um, the time that we went through the course, at the beginning, I guess maybe we were a little more shy about sharing. And each week, I think women just felt a little more comfortable opening up. And as soon as one person allows themselves to be a little vulnerable in front of the group, it kind of gives you permission to be a little vulnerable yourself. And the same with sharing yeah. in the private Facebook group that you set up for us. And then there were things that came to light that other people shared that I did have room for growth on that hadn't even entered my radar (laughs) prior to joining the group. So that's really helpful too, or celebrating wins. You know, I hear somebody else's win and I think I want to have that win. (laughs) I haven't even thought about it. That's so cool. Yeah. The celebrating of the wins. It's so neat to, I mean, where do we ever get to celebrate sex? (laughs) It's like... 
Right. Even if you have a great <laughs> orgasm, like there's very few people who we can call up and be like, oh my gosh, this O that I had last night. <laughs> yeah. So to be able to do that, it just makes mm-hmm. it that much more fun and motivating to like keep keep getting those wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. So the support from the other ladies, it it does end up, it really does have the group dynamic really is helpful. And yeah, I agree. It felt a little intimidating at the beginning, but it really is beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, beyond like any of you know, what your husband would think or in this group, did you have any other just like nervousness or like trepidation? Because I know when we were kind of consulting and coaching at the beginning, like there was that reservation, like that was a, that was a huge step. Like you said, just signing up, like, is there anything else that you can think of that were kind of made you nervous to begin with? I guess the keeping the commitment and doing the work. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's something, well, with any kind of coaching, you know, when you're paying a certain amount of money, it, yeah. it it's up to the client, you know, I mean, you do an, a phenomenal job and you give us so, you know, so much information and videos and coaching and you definitely over deliver, but you can over deliver all you want. And if the client themselves <laughs> yeah. doesn't take responsibility for what you are giving, there won't be that growth. So there was that little bit of fear of like, am I going to do my part? You know, yeah. um, but it, it is motivation to, to do the work, to do the self-coaching, to do the assignments. Yeah. And you did, you totally did the work and got the results because of it. Yeah. So say a little bit about the sex itself, because I remember even when you were celebrating, it would be kind of just this nonchalant. You would like jump right into the coaching and we're like, wait, 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 Kim, like, did you just hear what you said? Like we had this amazing, like, like you would, you know, like there was these like huge moments where it was so much better than it had been before. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, oh yeah. That was a big aha that I had at the beginning about just about finding the pleasure, uh, about, you know, not so much a destination of an orgasm, but the journey to there and the journey is the pleasure. Yeah. And that, you know, when, when you're just chasing the O you're missing out on all of the pleasure. It's just like anything else in life. You have a goal, but if you can't enjoy the journey getting to the goal, (laughs) you know, it makes the goal more elusive or less appreciable. So that I, I think was probably the biggest game changer for me was that the, the orgasm isn't the holy grail. And, and the funny thing is, ironically, when when I realized that, and that's not my goal, my goal is to just enjoy, you know, a massage or just enjoy being together or just enjoy, oh, that just feels so nice right there. You know, I can do that all day. It feels so good. Uh, it just made everything about the whole experience so much yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. You're so right. Uh, anything else you would like to just add about your experience uh, in general or any ahas or the impact that you've seen since doing the course? Well, I just love that now that you offer 
that we can continue on the site and go back because it is harder now that we're not in the group meeting every single week, you know, keeping, keeping the energy up, keeping the intention. So just calendaring that, like, oh, I'm just going to listen to one of Danielle's meditations. or I'm just going to watch a video, you know, putting that on the calendar this week, just to keep in that mindset of, yeah. you know, seeking pleasure. Yeah. Making yeah. pleasure a priority. I love that. Yes. Yes. Pri- prioritize pleasure in 2021. <laughs> yes. Yes. Totally. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Yay. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your experience with everyone listening. I'm sure they're going to find your journey so helpful for, for them. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Okay, Dana, let's hear from you. Let's talk a little bit about your experience and the impact that this work and this program had for you. Okay, so I've been watching you for a while and I I actually have, don't really have any issues with like intimacy and stuff like that, that I, yeah. I just knew that I wanted to um, want it more, want, yeah. want to have that's more. And that I wanted to feel, I think just more connected to myself in the moment, especially like not, um, feeling like we've talked, I mean, you hear all the time we talk about, like, it's not just for him, but like, yeah, I really wanted to understand how I could change to really be like, okay, I had a stressful day. This is something I can have rather than just taking a hot bath. And so, right you know, after watching you for a while and then signing up, I was obviously, I was a little bit nervous and not sure what I was going to find inside of myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was all, all super good and exactly what I needed. And I feel like the tools that you gave me, like I can, I just keep practicing them. Yeah. That, um, and like, they're so small and simple. I think that it was just these little tiny shifts that I didn't even wouldn't probably have even thought of unless I was taught it or 20 years from now when I felt like (laughs) or so. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, that's how I decided to join the group. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say that because I think a lot of people, you know, they hear this and this can be very in-depth work. You know, it can be something that we, you know, are uncovering these things, but that the tools themselves, the practices themselves can just be small little things, but that those small shifts throughout your day have this compound effect on how you feel in your body and how you show up. Yeah. And something that I really liked that you did, especially in the group was, um, like things that we discount, like, as we, you know, like, Oh, well, I, I actually like looked at myself in the mirror today. Like, and we would brush it off, like as if it was just a small thing, but you would never, um, you helped me to really be able to see like, that's actually huge. Cause I'm 42 and for 42 years, I didn't ever just stand and look at myself in the mirror. Like it was yeah. like embarrassing or like, you know, believe religious belief systems and stuff like that. Like that could be vain. And you know, all of that was like, oh my gosh, I actually have a functioning body that has like so much 
to it. And so for me, that's a daily thing that I, I literally like, I love getting in the shower now because that sounds mm. so silly. But it like, does it. It's not silly. <laughs> yeah. Before it would be like, hurry, get undressed and run to the shower where now I'm yeah. like, no, like I actually like all my curves and whatever my hips are doing. And like, I'm, I'm good with it now, which for me, that was what I needed to be able to feel so much more connected when I was having sex. Mm, like that's no, so good. No, the loving my actual physical being. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that you're talking about that because I think that's, it's a hang up for so many women, you know, like what are perception of our own physical body is allows us to either feel sexy or not sexy. Right. And it has the ability to kind of prevent us from the wanting it, you know, cause we're not feeling great in our skin. So even yeah. You know, and I love that you say this because these are like tangible things I think so many listeners can relate to. It's like, okay, great, love your body. But when you're like, now I actually look at myself, I enjoy getting in the shower, I'm not rushing off. Like, that's a real thing that so many women can relate to. Cause when you start loving yourself, it's not like, oh, I have to like, <laughs> quickly run <laughs> and like avoid, avoid the, you know, avoid my husband, avoid the mirror, avoid all of these things. Yeah. yeah. It's a big deal. And even just this morning, this, this is another, like, this just shows you the shift that I've had because like before, if I would be changing and my husband would make like comments, if it was like not the right time, mm -hmm. like whatever, when all the kids are bed and stuff like that. But like, it was I like had my shirt off. I didn't even have a bra on or anything. And he was like, Oh, so are you teasing me? And I'm like, I'm not a tease. I'm like, it's always an offer. And I never would have said that before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like I'm totally actually open to sex any time of the day now, which I had this stigma before that it was like only in the dark and all the kids are asleep. It's quiet. I have to be quiet. And that's like not even. It was, it like actually blew my own mind. But I <laughs> <laughs> and I love that it happened just like this morning when this we were morning, recording this. Yeah. You're like, wow. You, and you, and that's the thing is like, you have these moments in the, in the course, and then you just start to see all of these things that compound that ripple effect in every, all the little interactions, all the little flirty moments. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It, and I was, I mean, there was lots of, it felt slow at first. I would just, okay, do what she says, just do what she says. Yeah. And then it's like, like exactly like you said, like that compound effect, like, oh, now yeah. I work straighter. I like, I do. I like enjoy getting dressed now. Yeah. Like, which a lot of that you wouldn't think when you think about sex, but it's 100% showed up in my life like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. So talk a little bit. Um, I think one of the other concerns too is I know there is a lot that came up for you during the course itself, and you were actually able to make a lot of the live calls yet. Mm -hmm. You're somebody that got great results. Like, how is that possible? Cause some people are like, Oh, if I can't make every single call, then I'm going to be missing out and it's not going to be worth it for me. But talk a little bit about that experience that part of it for you. Yeah. So we moved and I was on a different time zone and then my kids school and stuff where I couldn't get on the calls or I kept dropping them. 
But by being able to go back and listen to them, and Mm -hmm. it was actually for me, I was able to put myself in a little bit of a different place. Like I could have my mind ready with what I knew I was working on Mm -hmm. and listen to what the other girls were saying. And it was like, they were all speaking to me. And, um, and even just like being able to put myself in, um, like I connected with them already, but it was, so missing the calls was actually like worked perfect for me. Like, you know, you know, like my growth because I could sit with myself longer or I would stop and just like think Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that does a group, even when you're on the call, I would hundred percent suggest going back and watching and listening. Cause you're kind of, um, you get so much in person, but then yeah, when you've heard the topics before, or you've like, even I remember they were talking about some meditations in one of the calls and I'm like, Oh, I haven't done that one yet. And so <laughs> I went and did the meditation. And then I went back and found that call and was like, this is what she's talking about. Yeah. Like, what she's feeling. And so it just, it's like, it was just such a blessing because I could get it more on the intellectual and then the like physical and spiritual, all of that kind of stuff by having access to that. And the connection that I feel like I have with the other women is yeah. um, huge. And yeah. Like I just, I was like, when people would be vulnerable on the calls, I was like, I'm so thankful that they're sharing that because it's touching me so much or like just in the way that I need. And so it really yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. And I love this, so that just hearing, you know, your process like behind the scenes, because we don't always talk about like how we're going to actually approach the course. And, you know, yeah. I know that's a big deal for a lot of women. They're like, okay, I think, you know, I do, I do want to do this. I'm a little nervous, but I do want to do this. And then that first like objection in their mind is like, but what if I sign up and I just, it's one of those things and I just don't, I don't do it. Right. It's like uh, great. Like I can't make all the calls like, and I don't do it. And so hearing like your dedication to actually doing the course. So how, how, like, I would love for you to just talk a little bit about that. Cause I think a lot of women struggle for that. Like, how did you do that? Like actually decide you wanted to, but then follow through with it. Yeah. So I figured since I put money into it, like that was one thing that I was like, okay, so and especially like being like the type, I am the type of person that's like, I'm sure she wants to like, she didn't just make this stuff up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, and I, at first when I logged on to the course, I was kind of like, I just wanted to do it all really fast. And then I had to like, stop. Okay. no you literally have to implement everything before I'm going to let you go on to the next one. Mm, like, good I one. Like I was just going to skim the surface if I did that. Um, and so then when um, I, I would, I literally would count, I would just put it on my calendar, like during the week when I wanted to be able to listen to the part of the courses and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I felt like I could tell my brain was like, that's not important. Like, that's just like fun stuff. And so it, it was, I, so I'm probably not the only one of people that are like, I'll get to that later. 
or I'll listen to it when I'm driving, which, okay, some of it you can. Yeah. But yeah. like, you can't fully like, I I really wanted to be more confident. It's basically yeah. what figured what happened. So I'm like, I can't just become confident while I'm driving. And so- <laughs> yeah. You're like, I actually do want the results here. So it's like, yeah. I decided I'm putting the money down. I decided I'm going to do this. I decided I'm trusting Danielle that she knows what she's talking about. And she's not going to make me do a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. And I'm going to put it on my calendar and do it. Yeah. 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 And I think it eased my mind a lot too, when people would feel bad on the calls and be like, well, I didn't get to watch all this stuff this week. And you would like help us learn, like, just give yourself the space. Like you are here, you're on the call. And so like, I just was way more forgiving. Yeah. This is actually all part of the exact process that we're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I forget who just talked about it. Um, Maybe it was... Tanya or Ruthie, I forget who just said, but anyway, like that they were just saying, you know, that sometimes like it felt okay. Like if you couldn't, oh no, it was Rebecca, like that you couldn't do all the things like that perfectionist thinking that you're going to get exactly what you needed, even if you don't do all those things. And that's what I truly believe. And that's, you know, that's the change, that shift that I made to make the course available forever because it's, it's like, you might want to just take one small section and just focus on that for the whole 90 days and you'll still get amazing results and then implement other stuff along the way. Yeah. 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 And there was weeks where I did, I would just re-listen to the same stuff because I felt like I, I just wasn't getting it or I wasn't, it wasn't sinking in enough. And so that was very helpful to have that. Yeah. Awesome. So anything else you would like to share about, you know, being in a group of women or any other hesitations you might've had coming in the group or somebody else listening to this, that's thinking about it and they want to, but they just not quite there yet, especially with that whole group aspect. Yes. I would 100% say if you're even thinking about it, then it's just to do it and take that leap because it's a topic that it's, I mean, for women, obviously I'm 42. And so I'm thinking like most women I know my age, especially if we grew up with any religious background, which we have some views and things like that, that are very conflicting and to self-love. Yeah. And I, not that they were ever intended to be that or whatever, but they yeah. become that. And so, yeah. so regardless of what your background is, it, it's what it was something from being in a group and seeing so many different women of all walks of life experiencing the exact same thing. I, mm. And so for me, I was, I would sit there and I just like, I can't even believe like, this is like, literally we're just women. Like that's all, there's nothing wrong with any of us and we can all grow and develop together. And I grew so much, I think because I was with, so many other women yeah. that I, I didn't like make it seem like there was something wrong with me or that I, I couldn't get things right. Or like, I didn't like having sex at one point in my life or whatever. Like I never, yeah. I never felt like that. It actually was like, it was very welcoming and um, I, just the best growth, especially just, yeah. Like just being connected to a group of women that are yeah. 
doing the same thing. Yeah, the vulnerable stuff, the hard stuff. Yes. So awesome. my, I would say anything that your brain's telling you, just like tell it to just be quiet and just <laughs> give it a shot because it's you don't you just don't know. And but if you're being drawn to it, then there's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah, yeah. that's a great call. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience and being and part of the group you. and all of this stuff. I really appreciate it. It's been such yeah. a pleasure working thank together. You. It's been my but I'm very grateful. So thank <laughs> you. love it. Love it. <laughs> Mm, yay. Thank you all so much for being on the podcast and more importantly, being part of this program. It was such a pleasure having you here and in there. And I just, oh, I just love you all so much. And I'm so excited to meet the next cohort, the next group of women that are going to be coming into this group. Because as you can hear, it's going to impact not just your sex. It is called Better Sex in 90 Days, but it's better than better. It's going to have such an impact. And I can't wait to hear your stories about what it's like, whether it's being more present or being more bold and asking for what you want and showing up in a bigger way, being a turn on woman, like letting go of some of your perfectionist tendencies, leaning more into just like the goodness and the having, slowing down in your life, in your sex, in your business, all of the things. It's so juicy. And if there's something, if you're hearing this, like uh, like Vicky said, if there's anything, or excuse me, like Dana said, she's the one that said, you know, if you're feeling just like that itch, like, ooh, this is speaking to me, this is something that I think I want to do, then I invite you to join Better Sex in 90 Days. We kick off uh, it the first week of February. I'm going to start sending out your fun gift boxes. You're going to get access to the learning site and you are going to go from there. This is not one of those programs that you sign up for. You're like, oh, what did I get out of this? As you can see, everything you want is in there for you to really truly begin to unlearn the things that we've been taught in this society as women that is holding us back from our pleasure and then learning all the things, connecting with your body, learning how to tap into you know pleasure and delight and all of the juicy goodness that is available to you so that you can start getting what is yours, woman. It is our birthright. You are wired to experience amazing pleasure and joy and satisfaction in your life. And I can't wait to show you how. I will see you in there in Better Sex in 90 Days. And next week, we get to hear from the women who are in the very first cohort and not just their experience that they had with the program, but how it's had an impact now being out of the program for months. So I can't wait to chat with more clients and share their stories with you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.